Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. At the base of Afitu Peninsula, 20 minutes west of Pukekohe, and just 12 kilometers north of the Waikato River mouth, is the rural town of Waiuku. And it's here, tucked away on a quiet road surrounded by farmland, that Leah Tebbett met the people behind Sford Knives. I'm quite lucky that I'm making knives in the, in the years that I, I started making knives. That's Brian Baker, a Waiuku-based cutler. And over the years, I'd collected in the region of about 120 tonne of steel. Uh, and I was independent of the importers of steel. And that's how I built my business, because um, I wasn't constantly trying to fight price increases. We've actually been recognised as one of the, probably the only company in Australia or New Zealand in the modern era to start up a cutlery company and be successful at it. There's lots of small guys one-man operations working from home, but nothing on the scale that we got here. Brian's been making knives under the Sford brand for 40 years and what started as a shed about 20 minutes from Pukekohe. When he started, he says 99% of knives were made with stainless steel. However, Brian uses carbon steel, stating it stays sharper for longer. So we sit down for a chat about how this all began. It started really uh, when I was on a farm as a 13-year-old. As Behind the, in the, in the garage, I found a bayonet, a World War II bayonet. I was so excited as a young boy coming from, the, from Auckland to out the back of nowhere to find this bayonet. And when I got home from school, I uh, went to get it and my father had given it away. A few months or years later, I brought a, a little pocket knife to carry around the farm. And uh, I lost that in the paddock and I spent weeks looking for it and I couldn't find it. So fast forward to when I was at uh, Waiuku College, the metalwork teacher did a project where the boys would make uh, a knife in, in metalworking class. And then along with two or three other knives, that knife got stolen. <laughs> so then I did some night classes and then I sort of got into, into it that way. So that's how I sort of started. It was started by, you know, the, the, the first three knives that I had were being lost or stolen. Yeah, yeah, by stroke away. of bad luck, really. Yeah, so <laughs> that's sort of how I got going and it then sort of developed from there. Wow. So how many years later till you started the business? Well, I was probably 18 when I did the night school, so about 19 or 20 when I was uh, that age I started it. I'd been going for about four years in this... that shed there, you can see that Skyline Garage, mm. and uh, a guy in Hamilton by the name of Bohemil Nabeski, uh, who was a Czechoslovakian-born knife maker, he, he heard about me and he came out to see me, and he, he then offered to teach me, and so I, then I learnt the business side of it, and also the, the, the side of how to make knives on a manufacturing basis, as opposed to making them in a shed, you know, one at a time. So uh, that was a big boost to my business, and for, for many years I'd go down and see him and stay in Hamilton and, and learn the, the, the trade off him. So I, I sort of trained by him. That's how it started. Developed a pocket knife in 1995 and um, we've sold tens of thousands of them since. It's called a peasant knife. 
and we've branched out into chef's knives and uh, kitchen knives and all that type of thing as well. So I thought of the name Sford because we use Swedish steel. When I first started, I went to see a patent attorney and I asked him if I could register the name Sford and he said, well, there's a company called Wilkinson Sword, which is spelt with a W, and he said they might object to you. So I said, well, I'll, I'll include it with my name, Brian Baker, or B. Baker, and I changed the styling of the word Sword and put an umlau above the O, which is two dots, and I never had any problems. And so uh, now that the brand has established itself, it's no, there's no confusion on what it is. And when we were in there before I saw antlers or a type of antler being used for the handles, is there a variety of different handles available depending on what knife? Yes, well we source antler, New Zealand uh, red, red deer antler. Uh, we source uh, mahogany wood from overseas, we, we source uh, ash, walnut. Um, we've even made knives with uh, whalebone handles, wow. uh, utilising um, rare gemstones and sterling silver, so we've got those collector's knives as well. We've made knives with um, ebony, power shell inlay as well, you know, South Island power shell. And we use a lot of brass for the furniture of the knives as well. Yeah, so we, stuff is coming from all around and is in, sto is in stock here for us to draw on. So we have a, lot of, a great stock of raw materials from all around the world. Brian's story in knife making is far from over. Now his 24-year-old daughter Kelsey has joined the fold. I think I've been working here on and off for maybe like a total of four or five years maybe. And I guess I've always been like a hands-on kind of worker and I guess the creativity of like making knives because I sew clothes and so that's what I thought I was going to do out of high school. I went to uni for about half a semester and um, realised that education system, I didn't want to get back into it. I just ended up coming to work for Dad. Like, I was always around the workshop when I was a kid and stuff and just, like, making little projects. It was something I really enjoyed doing and I was actually pretty good at, so <laughs> it was pretty enjoyable. I guess it's quite a relaxing thing to do, like, working on something so closely and paying such attention to like the detail and I guess at the end like seeing the final product and then it going off to a customer and you're like they're going to enjoy it so much so it's like a lot of reward and like what we make and stuff. What part of the process do you enjoy most and are you in all parts of it with the handles and the blades and and everything else that goes into <laughs> making a knife. Yeah, I am. So I, I make the knives and sometimes I'm sewing up the leather sheaths and um, sometimes I'm doing office work. So it's nice. <laughs> so I get to do a little bit of every stage of the process. Um, but I definitely enjoy making the knives. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess some of the custom knives is quite fun. Um, so I made some, like, wooden mosaic handle kitchen knives and just like those random custom ones that give you a sense of creativity, yeah. And Kelsey's not the only one. Her older sister, Madison, has also joined the ranks. So I didn't either see myself going into it at all. Um, my background is engineering. I did mechanical engineering at Auckland and thought I would always go into aviation. Um, mm -hmm. Thought that was my thing and then 
following COVID, it was clearly not the right <laughs> career right, path to be yeah. in. Um, so me and Dad had a chat one day during lockdown um, and he started to come up with the design and idea for these very sort of modern, sleek, minimalistic kitchen knives. And I've sort of always had an interest in sustainability and um, ensuring that like the products that I'm choosing for myself personally are sourced from sustainable sources and trusted brands. Um, so I guess those two kind of ideas combined created what's news now. Then I think a lot of the other businesses out there have sort of never really given it much of a modern modern spin and modern take um, and brought the business or the brand into the, the 21st century. So. How do you make it modern? Is it that sustainability focus or does it go down to the yeah. design as well? I think it's a bit of both. I think a lot of the kind of kitchen knives you see when you go into somewhere like Briscoe's or um, the sort of usual knife knife stores is the same, very much the same sort of look um, with the sort of rounded handle but I think the very, I guess you'd say ge- geometrical almost sort of shaped handle give it a very sleek look and then I think the values and stuff behind the brand as well. So sustainability is obviously coming to the forefront in every single business. How do you guys enjoy all working together? (laughs) Well, I'm not here all the time, so I have another part-time job on the side. So these two are always together. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. I enjoy it. Obviously, some days, if it's your family, you can be in a bit of a grump with them, but that's just the way family is. Um, but generally... <laughs> no, we work very well together. It's, uh, we don't have any, any fallouts or anything like that. It's, uh, it goes quite smoothly. And, uh, yeah. Did you envision, as a 19-year-old young boy, that you would have your daughters working for you and however many years later? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have foreseen that. Even, I mean, I don't know, 10 years ago, would you have thought they would have come into... Yeah, it's good. I think it's good to have a family business. Um, because, you know, it's, it, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a better thing than having a family business and having, having a public company. You know, it, 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 you look at some of the businesses that I admire around the world, like Swarovski, you know, those family businesses in Europe, and they, they pass it down from generation to generation. Uh, there's a number of companies... Even BMW, I believe, is a family business. Um, I just like the idea of a family business. You're working towards something together. Yeah, a united front, I guess, is the way of looking at it. Yeah, no, it is really nice. And, yeah, I guess you take it for granted sometimes, but it's definitely nice to be working with your family and see them more often than you usually would as well. With all that being said, we decide to meander through the many alleys that have turned the original shed into a much larger workshop. There's an old shipping container behind us. Is that just full of all the bits and pieces? Yes, that's actually built into the workshop and it's, it, it's a storeroom for our blanks and some of the raw materials, so it just works well. And uh, There was a film on TV a, a while ago about an Indian slum called Derby mm. and it, it sort of that sort of this doesn't remind me of that but <laughs> it's uh it's that when you're building on building and you're sort of like adding to things it's, it's it gets a sort of an organic type of feel yeah very authentic very authentic and it's it's um it's got a more of a warmth and a character than say a tilt slab building which is just a square box it's it's sort of lots of nooks and crannies around here and even I lose things, I put things together, I can't find them. <laughs> I think it, um, it also shows like a bit of the evolution as well, like 
what Dad was saying before about starting in the shed there and then built the front bit to expand it and then built that way to expand it and then <laughs> another space. So, yeah, it showed the evolution over 40 years or so of Sford operating. How many people make Sford work? I initially thought it would have just been you three working away, but coming here I've realised it's a lot bigger than that. Yeah, there's about eight people, seven or eight people uh, come here every day. It's grown over the years. When I first started, when I was 19 or 20, I had one guy working for me. So even back then I had someone, you know, employed. I, I suppose to make a business pay for itself, you can't really do it by yourself. Uh, you've got to have people working for you and with you and all working towards a goal. And it's, it's like a sort of a Swiss watch. There's many parts, moving parts to it. It, it. it just ticks along and that's what I like about it. What's the future for Sford and I guess for, for your business? Are they crossing over and you're bringing more sustainability into the fold or are you looking at passing it down to you and, <laughs> and you're taking the full reins? What, what's your idea or is that too far away yet to even think about? Yeah, just, I just take it day to day. Um, it would be good to be more sustainable in the future and pass it down because uh, I'm not going to be here forever, no one is. So yeah, I, I don't really... Um, I can't predict the future, all I can do is just try and do the best what I'm doing at the moment. Brian Baker, master cutler of Sword Knives, ending Leah Tabbitt's story. And you also heard from Brian's daughters, Kelsey and Madison. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.